Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program. If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me. And you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. You can actually get to work on not just like being for everybody, but on really creating stuff and solving the problems of who you're creating stuff for. And that can only come when we choose an audience. If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work, I want to do my life's work, this is the show. This is the show, Don't Keep Your Day Job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Life is too short not to wake up every day excited. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools that you can start to take some real action week after week so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. 2018, this is going to be your year. Thanks to Weebly for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Weebly is more than a beautiful website builder. It's an all-in-one platform for artists and entrepreneurs who want to sell their products, build their brand, and create successful online businesses. Go to weebly.com slash dreamjob to get 15% off your first purchase. Thanks to Ritual for supporting our podcast. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash dreamjob. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve 
preserve your old home movies, film reels, and photos. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering my listeners a huge exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob to get 40% off your first order. With this exclusive deal, LegacyBox starts at just $45 or save up to $200 on the largest LegacyBox kit. That's LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron. When it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and shopping while you do the cooking and the eating. Blue Apron is treating Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash dreamjob. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Today we're going to talk about finding your tribe and I'm so excited about this because this really is everything when it comes to turning your passion project into a business, when it comes to taking your hobby and turning it into something more, you've got to find your tribe and you have to know how possible it is that you're going to find your tribe. And I know it sounds crazy like, oh, this girl, she's just super positive, but you know, how am I going to find my tribe? There's already a million other people doing the same kind of thing. Let me just tell you that you will, okay? I want to just quickly address something. So every day people are asking me, how do I get more followers on Instagram? How do I get more people to buy from me? How do I grow my my audience? How do I get more clients? That all comes from doing something which is simple and it is intuitive. We just normally skip over this step, which is we've got to give, And we have to give a lot. And in order to give, we have to know who we're giving to so we can give them what they actually need. True sales is not about selling someone on something or persuading someone to do something. It's about showing up consistently and building trust and solving someone's problem. And when you do that, all that other stuff comes. It comes as a natural progression because there's a journey you've been going on, letting people know that you're showing up and you are for them and they are for you. Just like when you make a friend and you meet the person and then you hang out and then there's deposits that are made and people continue to see one another and build trust and things just happen naturally. This is what good marketers know. This is what good brands know. They know that their job, before they ever ask you to buy anything, before they ever put anything up for sale before they ever offer a service, they know that their job is to know who you are, let you know that they see you and that they're there to solve your problems and show up for you. There's no shortcut around this. This has to happen first. So when people say, how do I get more Instagram followers? How do I grow my YouTube subscribers? How do I grow my business? How do I get more people to buy my album? It's like, well, first we've really got to look at this. Who is it for? How have you been showing up for those people? How are you consistently giving to those people and giving them what they need. And when that happens, everything's going to grow. So this is a really important episode. This is going to change your your framework possibly. And if it's not changing your framework, if you already knew this, maybe it's just going to help you add some insight to it so you can really get more clear about it. Because I'm telling you, when this stuff is clear, it sort of writes itself. The whole path just sort of unfolds. So I'm going to be rolling out a free three-day challenge all about helping you find your tribe. If you want to grow your business, you got to find your tribe. When you find your tribe, this is how you know who you're serving, 
What's their language? What do they need? It's all about radical empathy. It's all about doing that and making sure that people know and feel seen. When you show up for people consistently, you don't have to worry about the sales. It's just a natural progression. So if you want to join the free three-day challenge, I'll be helping you brainstorm, giving you some exercises and some homework. I'll be showing up every single day, April 9th, 10th, and 11th in a private Facebook group to give you some master classes and brainstorm with you, listen to your ideas, and help you figure out how to find your tribe and how to serve them consistently. Join the free three-day challenge on helping you find your tribe. You can find it at the show notes on iTunes. You can find it a way to sign up. You can go to don'tkeepyourdato.com. I will be seeing you guys. I can't wait. It starts next Monday, April 9th. We're going to help you find your tribe. We're going to help you offer what you have to the world and it's going to level up your business and it's also going to help you give what it is that you have to give to the people who can't wait to have it. All right, before we really dive into this, we're going to take a quick ad break. Thanks to Weebly for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Weebly is the easiest way to create an incredible looking website. Its e-commerce platform has the tools you need to sell products, create marketing campaigns, tell your brand story, and more. And because Weebly's mission is to help turn people's great ideas into successful online businesses, they've built an incredible support team. No scripts, no robots, just a friendly human who can help you do what needs doing. So if you've got a product or idea you want to share with the world, check out Weebly. Have your online store up and running in a matter of hours. Because you listen to this podcast, visit Weebly.com slash dream job and get 15% off your first purchase. That's weebly.com slash dream job. So let's dive into finding your tribe. Last week we had Seth Godin here. He was just lovely, right? He was so kind, so humble, so generous, and he has such great ideas. And he talked about how at the core of it, the root of what makes something an amazing business is when it's about radical empathy, when it's about other people, when it's about thinking about what those other people need from you, how to solve their problems, how to make their days brighter. There is a big distinction between a hobby and a business. And one of the main distinctions is that it's become about somebody else other than you. And what I mean is for some people, and Seth Godin talked about this as well, there are some people who they love to paint, they love to write, they love to dance, but they're not necessarily interested in doing it as a business. Or maybe they think that they would be, but then as soon as they start to do it, they realize that it's actually not as fun or fulfilling. And the reason why is because if you want to do something for the pure enjoyment of just doing it, you just like to be downstairs in your basement painting, or you just want to be sitting overlooking a beautiful lake and you want to be writing on your laptop because you like to just write and express yourself and you just want to do it for its own sake, then that's amazing. That's great. That's fantastic. And you should do it. As soon as you're thinking about wanting to make this into a business, then it's really simple. It's about other people paying you for what it is that you have to offer. And so at that point, the distinction is that it has to be also a lot about them. And this actually could be beautiful. We can actually, instead of feeling like, oh, then that's selling out. It's like, no, this might be a really amazing way for you to contribute, for you to serve, for you to make the world better and brighter and more beautiful. Jasmine Starr was on the podcast and she said, it's better to try to serve 200 people than trying to get 2000 people interested in what you're doing. And she's right. 
right. Because if you want to do really good marketing, it's not about trying to convince people of something. It's about really serving these three people and really making it easy for them, those three people to tell three people that they know and that they love. Because when we, when we really get clear and specific on how to take care of a group of people, they spread the word for us, right? It's sort of like our tribe sort of grows on its own. And that's how really good businesses have grown. I mentioned on last week's episode, I asked Seth, I said, do you know what an ikigai is? And he said, sure, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I said, yeah. So an ikigai, that's the Japanese word for that thing that you do where three things intersect. You love doing it. It's great for the world. So it serves the world and you're really good at it. So those three things, when they come together, that is that's what gives people a great sense of purpose. And I've often said that I think that purpose is the opposite of depression. And a really wise friend once told me that. And I think that he's absolutely right. I think that people are always seeking purpose. And so instead of feeling like, oh no, now I'm going to be selling out when really I just want to be a true artist. Well, if you don't want to be a starving artist, but you want to be an artist who's able to make a living and sustain your life and support yourself from your art, then at some point you are going to have to think about who's buying that art and what do they need and what do they want and what's going to make their lives feel a little brighter or more fulfilled. So they're going to want to buy your art or they're going to want to pay you for whatever it is that you're creating, whatever it is, if it's your yoga class, if it's your professional organizing business, if it's the cupcakes you're making, once it's a business, we've got to figure out who it's for, what they need, what they want, how to solve their problems. And then what's amazing is we can make things, we can spend our days doing things that we love and that are making the, the lives better for other people. And hopefully it's something that we're good at, right? And so those few things come together and then we can have a huge sense of purpose. Now, could you still then create things just for you? Absolutely. For me in my own journey, how it went is I first came out to Los Angeles wanting to get a record deal and tour the world and write songs. And so I was writing my own songs and doing my own thing and just not really thinking about who the songs were for. I was just sort of writing what came to me. If I was inspired by something that was heartbreaking, if I was inspired by something that was uplifting, I would just write a song and I would go to the studio and record it. And I would gather those songs and bring them to record labels and see what they thought about them. And eventually I got dropped from the label and I realized that even at the label, at that level, when you're a recording artist, at some level, they're still truly, truly wanting to sell records. So they do care about who they're writing the songs for. And they ask you lots of questions about who's your audience and who's your, you know, what subsection do you fit in and, and whose concerts do you think your audience members also go to because they need to know who to market your music to. So on every level, even these people who you think they're just pure geniuses and they just only are inspired by true inspiration. They're not thinking about any of this stuff. It's not true. And what happened for me is I realized that my ikigai wasn't there because I didn't love doing that kind of stuff when I got to the label level. I wasn't as good at it as I think I needed to be or they wanted me to be. Um, and I did love it, but I didn't love it as much as I, I, I thought I would love it. And so I wound up getting dropped from the label. And then I tried all these different kinds of jobs. But getting back to music, eventually I thought, I want to really do music. I want to do music full time. How can I make this my full-time work? And so I started thinking, what would maybe be the audience that I could make music for? Really, who is my audience? And 
I got feedback from friends and people along the way and they would tell me like, oh, you know, your songs would sound so good in, an, in a McDonald's ad. Or, oh, you know, Kathy, I was watching this episode of, of Dawson's Creek or Grey's Anatomy, whatever was on at the time. And it reminded me, I heard a song, it reminded me of you. So maybe your song should be on that show. Or I, I had other friends tell me, you know, I was watching this movie and there was a scene and I just thought, oh, Kathy's song would really fit well here. And I'd always heard that, but I really had never given it too much thought because I didn't understand how to pursue that. And that's a whole nother topic we'll talk about. But I do feel like often the reason that we have the careers we have is because we had to sort of choose a career at 18 or 21 when we graduated from college. And often there were a lot of things that we may have chosen, but they were never modeled for us. And so we chose sort of like doctor, lawyer, architect, accountant. We didn't, we didn't have many other ideas. And so I really didn't know. I was overwhelmed by it. Like, what do they mean? How would I get my songs on TV and film and all that stuff? But I wound up after a couple years after being dropped from the label, I wound up saying, no, I want to figure that out. And so I started to research what they had been watching. I started looking at like the last 12 Coca-Cola ads and the last 12 Target ads. And I was able to watch them from the comfort of my laptop. And then I would go online and I would find playlists of, of the different shows and the different songs that were used in different episodes of different shows. And I started to study what they were seeing. What were the songs that were being used in different shows? And I started to see where my songs sort of could serve, like which audience, which shows, which ads, which brands would be sort of in sync with what it is that I created naturally. And then I thought, what if I double down and triple down and really then went to the studio thinking about those audiences, thinking about who's watching a McDonald's spot, thinking about what storylines that Coca-Cola is sort of sharing with the world and their open happiness and all the togetherness kind of stuff. And what if I then created music that would solve the problems of those people at ad agencies who whose job it was to find the perfect song for McDonald's, to find the perfect song for Target. What if I had those people in mind and I thought, I'm going to make those people my audience. And so this is where everything changed for me. And I started to intentionally think about solving problems and making music for those people. And I was very clear and specific. I had the clarity of who I was creating music for. And that's when things really changed. And I started to stand out because when you reach out to people, and that'll be a whole other episode, we'll talk about how to do outreach and sales in a way that is personable and really just is there to help that person get whatever they need accomplished and solve problems. But one of the ways that I was solving a problem was creating a song ahead of time before I reached out to whoever it was at an ad agency, before I reached out to who it was that was um, choosing music for different TV shows, I was creating music that I believed based on everything I had seen that they were already using. I was creating music that I believed that they needed that would help them do their job, that would help them solve their problem, that would help their their team, the director, the producer, all the people who worked on the show would help them tell the story that they were trying to tell. Now, it also helped me know who to reach out to, right? Because it wasn't that I was writing music for everybody. I was writing now music for people who were doing a particular thing. And then I knew, okay, well, who are those people then that I should reach out to? We had Wayne Fetterman on the podcast about a year ago. And he said, for people who want to write for TV and film, which is what he does, he said, you know, be specific. Be 
be as specific as you can. He said, because if you want to, let's say, write for a particular show, like Will, Will and Grace, Will and Grace is back on the air. Okay, well, if you're that specific, then you'd be able to reverse engineer that and think, okay, so what kind of spec script would I need to write, which would sort of solve the problem that these producers might be looking for in terms of what kind of writer that they're looking to hire? And who are those people who are working either with those people? Who do I know on LinkedIn? Who knows any of the people on IMDb who are listed, who are working on that show? The idea, though, is we need absolute clarity on who is our audience. We've got to start with who are we making stuff for? You know, if you were going to make dinner for somebody, you'd want to make the kind of food they like, right? So a lot of times people say, you know, I make stuff for everybody. You know, like people will say, okay, so who's that app for? Oh, the app I'm making, it's for anybody. Okay, well, that's not really true. Or if somebody says to you, okay, so what do you do? Well, I make jewelry. Well, who's it for? What's well, for everybody? Well, that's not going to help you. And at the end of the day, it's not truly true. Everybody sort of has a little bit of a different way of relating to the world. And so if you really want to make people, people feel seen, if that's truly our goal to help people People feel that you see them, then you have to really know who they are and then get super specific. And instead of trying to be everything to everybody, pick your tribe and make sure that that group of people feels like you see them and you hear them and you're creating things that they love and they need and they want that are going to make them feel better and happier. And I'll give you a great example. One of my favorite examples, I'm sure if you're a fan of this store, then you agree with me. Um, so Anthropology is like my favorite store, right? It's just just walking through that store. It's like an experience. It smells super good. I even bought their signature scent. I like have that diffuser in my living room and that candle. It smells great. Everything looks beautiful. It sounds amazing. They have this incredible playlist going all the time of like, it's like a little French music, a little like indie pop music. They have it down. They know exactly who walks in that store. They know that the person who walks in that store, she is a little feminine, but she's a little out of the box. And they've figured out what she wants, what her experience, how it's going to be really her. You know, recently I had a friend um, and her husband stay over for the weekend, which was so lovely. And so I got them each like a little swag bag and I put it next to their bed in the guest room where they were staying and the husband he grew up in upstate New York he's a huge Buffalo Bills fan and so I ahead of time I went and I bought him a Buffalo Bills toothbrush, a Buffalo Bills jacket, a Buffalo Bills um, mug, coffee mug. And I left it by his bed in this little gift bag. And he was so happy with that. He was like, I can't believe it. I love the Bills. This is my team. He's like, it's just made me so happy. I love this Buffalo Bills toothbrush. He didn't have to do that. And I felt so good that he felt so seen because this is his team and he's never missed a game. And it was very much because I thought about him, right? If I would have just gotten him any team or anything in general just wouldn't have had the same impact and the same thing with her I got her like a collection of items that really felt like her like I got her things I was thinking about her and so I think that she could feel that and so when you're creating your Etsy shop when you're creating the cookies you're making when you're creating the art that you're creating whatever it is that you're doing the writing that you're doing you want to be thinking about who is the person? Who is buying this? What do they need? What do they want? Um, another good example, 
Do you guys know how Zumba got started? So Zumba was started by this guy named Alberto Beto Perez, and he'd been teaching aerobics classes. And one day he forgot his usual music. And luckily he had this dance mix on hand. So he started incorporating dance moves into the class and everybody loved it. Everybody was realizing like this is the perfect solution for people who want to exercise and get a good sweat and have fun. Plus, they don't have to be professional dancers to reap the benefits. Zumba is now in 180 countries. It has an audience of 15 million people. There's over 200 thousand locations and this is really an example of he found his niche he found his tribe in in a sense it was a mistake you know he forgot his music but it shows how there was a group of people just waiting for something like this and when he started to respond to what everybody wanted and he started looking at where where the response was coming from and he sort of catered something to that this huge business grew from that just by noticing what people were responding to and then saying to himself you know what i bet there are more people like this i bet there's a whole tribe of people who would who would resonate and and of course it did So whether you're looking to do a business in the online world or brick and mortar, it's so important that you find your target audience. And I said this before, but I want to really hit this home. I think a lot of people that decide they're going to go into business for themselves know what they want to sell. However, they're often quick to say that they want to sell it to everyone. And I said that before, but this is really essential. Of course, you're right. In an ideal world, it'd be great if everybody would buy from you. But it's it's often not going to work out just that way, right? So one of the first things you want to do is find who is your target audience. And, and, and for me, I just told you a little bit about how I got there on the music side of things. And I've also had to do that now with this podcast, right? Really think about who you are, what you want, so I can shape episodes for you as opposed to just like, well, this this is a podcast for everyone. So I'm just going to talk about anything. Well, if I just showed up and just talked about something random, um, like, you know, how to make wooden musical instruments, you might be like, oh, that's not really for me. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just trying to be for everybody. And you'd be like, well, then you're for nobody. So I hope that that's making sense. So there's a lot more we need to cover. But first, I want to thank another one of our sponsors. Our show is brought to you by Ritual. So let me tell you about Ritual. So Ritual is amazing. I started doing it because it was like one thing I could do every day that I knew was like in the bucket of being a little bit healthier. I need vitamin D and Ritual is the first vitamin I can remember to take. I'm committed for the long term, coming up on two months, and I think that this has been the most helpful thing that I can do. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers or colorants. Visit their website and you'll learn everything from why each ingredient is beneficial to where it's sourced. It's a subscription-based service. $30 a month and delivered to your door. Buying the Omega-3 yourself is the cost of a ritual bottle. So you can fill in the gaps in your diet with the best source ingredients. Happiness guaranteed. No questions asked. You can cancel easily at any time. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash dream job. Your future self will thank you for taking ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body go to ritual.com slash dream job okay so here are a few reasons on why you want to find your target audience okay first it will allow you to tailor your products and services to them which is huge 
Second, it will allow you to know what type of marketing language to use. Okay, so that's a little like level up there, but that's really important. And three, it will allow you to create content that appeals to them, which is very, very important. For example, let me give you an example. So maybe you're a photographer and you say, I want to be a photographer. I like taking pictures of everything. Well, let's see if we can be more specific. Okay. What do you really love taking pictures of? If you really had to choose, what would be like one of the things that you might want to say, this really is my thing. And I know you're going to say, but I don't want to choose. I want to be able to do everything. But the more that you're for everybody, again, it's going to be harder to scale that. But as soon as you say, I want to shoot photos of animals. I want to shoot photos of products. I want to shoot fashion photos. I want to shoot weddings. It's going to be easier for people to find you because you're going to know how to create sort of a brand and a website and languaging, and you're going to be able to create products and services that are now tailored to somebody, right? Like if you just say, I want to be a photographer, then you don't even know how to find the people who are looking for you because they're going to be Googling wedding photographers in Los Angeles, or they're going to be Googling baby photographers in, you know, Louisville, wherever they are, right? And so you want them to be able to find you. And the reason they're going to find you is because you're letting them know you're for them. Okay. So it is important to find your tribe. And by the way, you can start in one area and you can try to be specific and go for it and deliver for somebody and think that you're making something for somebody and you can allow yourself to be led to where you're most able to serve but you've got to pick you've got to choose so that you can actually get to work on not just like being for everybody but on really creating stuff and solving the problems of who you're creating stuff for and that can only come when we choose an audience okay so here are some ways to find your target audience this is a fun exercise that katie zupan told me to do she is a branding specialist who works with danielle laporte and a bunch of other really awesome people entrepreneurs and she told me to do this when she was helping me work on my own branding she said go to Pinterest and create two boards first create a board just have fun and call it something like your ideal life and she said just go through Pinterest and just start pinning things that make you feel happy that make you feel alive and so at first I was super overwhelmed because I'm like where do I start and I was like all right I'm just gonna start and I start pinning things and I pinned everything from like sushi rolls to beautiful hotels to spiritual things to quotes to um, pictures of the ocean I just pinned a whole bunch of stuff it was really fun and I started to get really into it it was this like beautiful board of like a hundred plus images and then she said after you've done your ideal life board she said now I want you to make a second board and I want you to think about who would be somebody who's sort of like you think this is like your target audience. This is the kind of person who you think you suspect you'd want to be creating something for. She said, find one person in your life that you know who might be sort of in your target and look at their Pinterest board. And she said, now look at their Pinterest board and see if you can make a board with things that are the same things that you have in common that this other person has in common. And so I actually did this. I made a board by going on to Pinterest and, you know, I have some inkling of who, who you are, who the listeners of this podcast are, because I have a lot of people who come to Instagram and they send me sweet messages and we talk about their businesses and their lives. And so I looked to see if any of um, the listeners who had reached out to me were on Pinterest and I found like 12 of them. And so I found their Pinterest boards and then I made a second board of the things that that I liked that my audience had on their boards. So the second board is neat. The second board are items that are 
in sync with things I love and things that the people in my audience love. And so I looked at that board and she and I looked at it together and she said, okay, so this is it right here. This board sort of lets you know even more so where you and your audience meet, what you have in common, what the languages that you speak together, how you sort of sync up. And we can use this board now to understand what the colors are, what the things are, what the aspects of you are that resonate with the people who, who are listening to you. What were the through lines? And so we were able to use that to sort of think about how to solve more problems and create better content and how to use language that's sort of in sync and allow it to dictate the next things that I would be creating and rolling out for my audience. Does that make sense? Okay, here's some other ways to find your target audience. Are there others in your field that target the same kinds of people? If so, then that's actually good. I know that might sound counterintuitive, but there, if there are other people doing it, that is often one of the best signs that you can be successful with that specific market. Other people are already making a living serving that audience. So that's actually a good thing. Also, think about things like location, possible audience size, other demographic factors of your target audience. Will you only service people in your city? What are their ages? Do you think that it has to do with the gender? What's the annual income? How do they consume content and information? You can just start thinking about this. Think about platforms you want to be on to promote your business. Is your target audience going to be on those platforms? For example, is it safe to say that you're going to target women between the ages of 25 to 35? Well, then there's a good chance they're on Facebook. You may want to consider doing some market research there, right? So Facebook and Instagram are great resources for finding information on people, right? I mean, that's just true. So you can start joining Facebook groups. There are groups for literally everything. There's also a great opportunity to run ads on Facebook to reach your target audience once, you, once you're ready to launch your product or service. If your audience is more on the professional side, you could also consider LinkedIn. If you're still not sure who you want to target, make a list and do a brain dump. Get all of your thoughts out of your head and onto paper so you can go back and examine them. The absolute most important thing to do is to survey your possible target market. Ask if you can jump on the phone with them, ask them a few questions and find out what they really want. So one way to do this is, let's say you want to grow a business out of your love for baking. So what are you baking? Let's say you're baking cupcakes. Okay, so what kinds of cupcakes are you baking? And this might be a, a time to play with some recipes and then try things out, right? Let's say you think to yourself, you know, well, I'm a vegan. And so maybe my niche will be, I'll be creating vegan stuff and I'm going to start with cupcakes. So this might be a time to go out to the vegans that you can think of that, you know, either your friends or friends of friends and have them try the cupcakes and get their feedback and ask them what they like and ask them what they didn't like and ask them sort of at what time of day do they eat them? Where do they usually hang out? Where would be a great place to find them. This this all helps you figure out who they are and how to serve them. What are they looking for in these cupcakes? Is cupcakes even what they want? Or do they really want sort of like a power bar or some granola? Ask them these questions. What is it that's going to help this stand out for them? And, and how can you make it more healthy, more sustainable, more convenient? Just ask them what they think and get their feedback. You can do this with anything, right? Whatever your business is going to be, think about five or six people who you might know or you you might know from friends of friends and start to survey them, have them over. You can do a little, you know, tasting party or you can show people some prints or things, whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's photography, if it's music, you can reach out and get a sense of, is this my target market? And if it is, 
What do they like? What do they need? How can I help them? So how can I find my target audience? Okay, let me give you another example. So I talked to you a little bit about how I found my audience when it came to me as a songwriter and I started writing music for film and TV and ads and things started to work out because I knew who my audience was and how to solve their problems and how to create things that they wanted. I've done other things. I've created other businesses. Another business that I created a couple years ago was I started to teach online classes for songwriters because people kept asking me, how'd you get your songs in McDonald's? How'd you get your songs on TV shows? And so at first it was just organic. I would reply to people's emails. It started to become a lot of emails. Sometimes people asked me if I could, you know, have coffee with them and they wanted to pick my brain. And I realized I probably should create sort of like the answers that everyone needs so that they're all just in one place. So I decided I'm going to create an online course. And again, In order to create an online course, I had to create a course for someone else. And so I had to think to myself, what does this person want, right? What do they need? And so I decided to ask a friend of mine who I had just sort of met. She was an aspiring singer-songwriter, and she had always been reaching out and, and telling me that she admired my work, and she was asking me questions, and could I give her feedback? So I said, you know what? Would you spend some time with me and allow me to sort of like ask you what you need to know, and I'll create a course sort of for you, and then we'll see if this is sort of like what other people wanted, but I'll use you sort of as like the target audience for this class and she's like awesome and so she came over and she asked me a bunch of questions you know how did you know which ad agencies were working on which brands and and how did you know what songs they needed and what's the same that that we should understand that they're looking for is there something lyrically that we can understand is there something production wise and I was like okay these are the questions that she has these are the things that she wants to know and I started to create a course for her with her in mind because I felt like she was this hardworking, talented, aspiring songwriter. She was the kind of person who was going to show up, wanted the answers, had the self-discipline, wanted to do the work. And I thought, okay, she's the kind of person I can teach this to. And so she started to find that she started to have some success with it. And I thought, okay, cool. So we're going to create this online course. And then I thought, well, how would I find my audience out there in the world? And because it was specific, it was so much easier. Like, let's say I was like, I'm writing a course on the music business. Well, that that could appeal to lots of different people. But I decided I was going to create a course specifically for how to license songs to film and TV shows and ads. Just that, just the licensing of music. And so I was able to go onto Facebook and find audiences. I was able to find audiences who had already liked different workshops that had to do with licensing their music to film and TV. And I was able to then create content, blog posts, and interesting information that I thought would appeal to those people and help those people solve their problems and make their days better. And so I started to do a few blog posts. And then I decided I would have a a free webinar where I would give over some of these essential ingredients and some of the things that had worked for me and some of the strategies that I, I found to be really helpful. And so the first webinar I ever did I marketed it through Facebook. I I spent like a few hundred dollars marketing this ad, but specific, again, I knew who the audience was. I was was marketing it to people who had been self-identified as singer-songwriters who had gone to other sort of like workshops that were, you know, for licensing music to film and TV. And I said I was going to do a webinar. And the first webinar I ever did in my whole life, there was over a thousand people there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is 
crazy and I was a little nervous. And I started to just share with them what I knew. And again, one thing that's super important with your with your target audience is giving as much content as you can give away for free. Give it away because people respond to that. When you give someone actual real value, people say, wow, if this is what this person gives me for free and now they're offering something that's paid, imagine what they're going to give me if it's even the next level. And so on this webinar, I didn't you know, say, oh, well, if you want the information, you got to join my course. I really gave them some solid information. I think a lot of people had some big aha moments. And at the end of the webinar, I said, if you want to sign up for the full course, I'm going to be rolling out this, this big course with five modules and there's going to be a private Facebook group and I'm going to be doing live Q and A's and I'm going to help listen to your music and give you feedback and all this stuff. And we had, you know, a couple hundred people enroll. And then over the next year, we had another like 800 people enroll. And it was amazing. The class made like almost seven figures. And what was so cool is that the people in the class started getting results. You know, we had somebody in the class get a $55,000 Starbucks spot. We had somebody in the class get a $75,000 Coors Light spot. We had somebody in this, the class have three songs on different TV shows. It was just amazing. And these are people who had never had any traction going on. So it was really cool to see that this was working for them. And it was 100 bucks a month for the class. And they got a lot out of it. You know, they learned a lot. And they didn't just have my sort of insight, but they had each other, right? They were now part of this community, which by the way, is super essential. Whatever you're doing, you know, part of the reason I think podcasts are so cool is because it's really intimate. It's like, I'm talking to you, you're listening in your headphones, you're listening in your car and you start to believe more in magic. You start to believe more in what's possible. And it is so important to surround yourself with people who see what's possible. And so I think part of what makes online classes work, just as an aside, is that you become part of a community and there is a good chunk of people in that community who start to you know, see that things are are hopeful and not hopeless. And being around those kind of people is helpful. In any case, the success of that class had so much to do with knowing who my target audience was. Does that make sense? I've got a few other points to share, but let's thank a couple more sponsors and then we'll be right back. When was the last time you gathered the family together to watch old home movies? If you're anything like me, you probably have boxes of old home movies, videotapes, just collecting dust in your garage. So I tried Legacy Box. All I had to do was take all this stuff, put it in a box, and I shipped it out to them. Old home movies from when I was a kid and stuff from college. And it's so nice to now have it all digitally in one place. It's a super easy process. Just add memories. Send your Legacy Box filled with old home movies and pictures. They'll do the rest. Digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, the cloud, or DVD, it's like magic. Get your original media and new digital files back in a few weeks. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your old home movies, film reels, and photos. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering my listeners a huge exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob to get 40% off your first order. With this exclusive deal, LegacyBox starts at just $45 or save up to $200 on the largest LegacyBox kit. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob and save 40% today. Start with just a few tapes or digitize your entire collection. That's LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob and save 40% on your Legacy Box today. Get started preserving your past. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I love Blue Apron. It simplifies my life. Blue Apron just had apple and cheddar grilled cheese. 
It's just as yummy as it sounds. It was amazing. Um, a few nights of the week, Blue Apron comes to the door and we get to prepare things in like 45 minutes or less and it takes all the guesswork out of it. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. While many people know what they do, many people don't know about the types of meals you eat when you cook with Blue Apron. You're not just having burgers for dinner. You're making short rib burgers with a hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. You're preparing seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots. The menu changes changes every week based on what's in season and it's designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what best fits your schedule. Plus, Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. With incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. Blue Apron is treating my listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash dreamjob. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash dreamjob. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we need to know where we're going. We need to know who we're serving. And I love this idea that at the heart of it, business is about serving other people. And it's not about us. It's about lifting other people. I think that this is amazing. And I have met a lot of people along the way who said to me, you know, Kathy, don't you feel like it's not so cool or it's not so authentic that you're, you know, making music that's great for McDonald's? And I said, no, because I want to eat and I want to be able to make a living going to the studio, creating music music. I don't want to have to, you know, have a desk job that I don't like. To me, that's really selling out. And I understand that at the heart of it, business has to be about me creating something that somebody else also needs and wants or finds beautiful because otherwise, why are they going to pay me for it? I remember when we had Brian Januski on. Brian Januski has a great pottery business. He's a beautiful Instagram. If you want to follow him, he's a potter. He was on the show. And he talked about at first with his pottery that he was making the kind of art that he thought other artists would think was cool and he thought in a sense it was like really pretentious and meanwhile he was starving he could barely pay his rent nothing was really selling he was having to take jobs um you know teaching which he didn't really want to do he really wanted to be creating as opposed to teaching and he was just starving he couldn't sell his work and one woman had seen these like beautiful pastel colored little like drippy bowls that he made and he called them drippy pots because over the lip of the pot there were like he had allowed the color and you know to sort of like drip over and it looked like it was like this drippy pot and this woman had seen them and at one point she said you know can you make more of those and he said oh that's not what I do I make like this art that's artist love and it's really like indie and cool and you know and she was like oh well I thought those things were really beautiful I'd love to buy some and eventually he said he just got over himself and he realized wow, that's such a shame, you know? Here I was making something that someone else found beautiful and I was unwilling to keep making it when it's a really cool thing to do to create something that someone else says that made me feel lighter and better, just taking that mug out of my cabinet, taking that piece of pottery out and putting it down or that vase that I made. He's like, I wanted to make things that people found beautiful. Why was I resisting that? And so he started to make those drippy pots and more people started to order them. And he had different people around the country who, you know, his audience sort of became like, you know, female entrepreneurs who had these little boutiques in like Portland and Atlanta and Brooklyn, and they would buy his pottery to to sell in their store. And then he wound up getting a bigger order. I believe it was from Urban Outfitters. And, you know, now he has a team and a beautiful big warehouse and he doesn't have to teach unless he wants to. And he's making an amazing living selling those drippy pots and they are beautiful. And he realized he wanted to make something that somebody else wanted. And so he started to 
really get even more clear, well, which were the designs that the people liked even more? And how could he make them even better? And how could he understand what his audience really wanted? Did they really want vases or did they really want mugs or did they really want these cereal bowls? And he started to get even more clear. How could he solve the problem? Who was buying it? What did they want? And his business grew and grew and grew and grew. Now, if he wants to on a Sunday or a Monday afternoon, does he have the ability to go make something that's just for him? Of course. And maybe somebody will like it and maybe they won't. It doesn't matter because he figured out how to make things that he can he can sustain himself on. He can make a living from. He can support his family from. And now he has all this extra free time if he wants it because he doesn't have to be stuck doing something that's like sucking life out of him. He, he found a way to find purpose and magic in making things that other people wanted. And the truth is, Every single person who's been on this show who's a success has done this. They figured out who their audience is and they made things that that audience loved. And what's really cool is that when you do this and you start to stand for something and you start to stand for someone, eventually you can get to the place where now you're making things for everybody because eventually you're going to be led and and there's going to be a way that that audience grows and grows and other people start to find it and appreciate it. But you've got to be able to get clear and start with a tribe and start with a tribe of people and really understand what they need and really understand what they want. All right. So here are some takeaways. Number one, when you turn your hobby into a business, it becomes about something other than you. Number two, identify who is this for? What do they need? What do they want? Then tailor your product or service to solve their problem. Number three, be as specific as possible. If you try to attract anybody and everybody, you attract nobody. Number four, just start. You can always change direction later. Number five, survey your target market. Ask them directly what they need from you. Number six, give away as much free content as you can. Prove that you provide real value. Number seven, surround yourself with people who believe in you. Number eight, in order to make something great, you have to know who you're making it for. Number nine, you're not a sellout. And number 10, stand for something. Stand for someone. It will lead you to a place where you'll make things for everyone. I just wanted to say something about freedom because this past weekend was Easter and it was also the beginning of Passover and we were talking so much about it at the Seder, at the Passover Seder. And one idea that came up was that, you know, very often in our lives, the door is open, there is freedom, but we have to get up and walk through that door. And that's a really heavy idea when you honestly grasp the fact that life can be truly so much more or that you can actually have more well-being but it requires us actually looking at our stuff and realizing what is it that keeps us stuck and a friend of mine David Sachs who's an incredible teacher he's been on the podcast before he was saying that a good analogy to think about is like in geometry, he said, you know, a line in geometry is not a straight line. It's a series of individual dots. And what's cool about that is that each dot stands on its own. So even if it feels like your life is just, it's a foregone conclusion, things are just heading in one direction, or it's been this way for eight months or eight years, or this is how it was when you grew up. So of course, this is how it's going to be in the future or whatever it is. Every moment stands on its own. And even though a moment came before it and a moment will come after it, each moment is an opportunity to, to pivot, to change, to make a new choice, to, to make something new. And, um, you know, 
in the blink of an eye, your life can change. And I don't want you to ever lose hope of that. In the blink of an eye, you could get the courage to try something, even if you're scared, and maybe you learn something from that, and that creates momentum. In the blink of an eye, you could decide to sit down and do some research towards what it is you want to do, and you could learn something powerful that helps propel you forward. But so much can happen, and it has to do with us being willing to free ourselves. That's what freedom really is. It's the work inside, right? So I want you to stay hopeful. I want you to keep expanding your view of what's possible. And I want you to keep thinking of how your gifts can serve others because they can. And I want you to know you're enough because you are enough. And it's amazing the kind of life you can create for yourself and how that can elevate the lives of the people around you. But it starts with you being willing to free yourself of what keeps you stuck. And I'm telling you what, there's so many times where I'm talking to someone and it's so obvious to me, this person is so much closer than they think. And they're like, oh, why would I bother starting a blog? Why would I bother putting out my Etsy shop? And I'm like, oh my God, because if you bothered to do it, and if you were consistent, and if you really thought about the people who might actually want what you're creating, and you really thought about making stuff for them, and you really were consistent at being your authentic self and showing up consistently, you will outrun 99% of the competition who is not consistent, who's not thinking about other people, who's not doing it because they're sitting at home overthinking it. And so you're so much closer than you think. And the reason I know it is because I've lived it. Your tribe is waiting to be inspired by your courage to stop overthinking and start doing. So with the spring here and this time we can tap into where we can free ourselves Remember that idea about a line. A line is not a line. It's not a foregone conclusion of where it's headed. It's a series of individual dots and each moment stands on its own. So today, right now in this moment, you can make a new choice. You can decide to see it differently. You can take a new action and it will be different. All right, guys. So next week I'm doing this free three-day challenge. It's going to be super cool. If you want to get in on this, it's going to be all about helping you find your tribe. I'll be giving you homework, exercises. I'll be showing up in this Facebook group. That's a private Facebook group just for this challenge group. It'll be three days. I'll be showing up to chat with you, brainstorm with you. It's going to be really cool. It's going to help you really double down, get the wheels in motion and help you figure out who is your tribe and how to serve them and how to find your tribe. So you can sign up. There's a link to it in the show notes on iTunes or at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. Also, come find me on Instagram at kathy.heller because I have been doing Insta stories. If you guys want to see my kids, if you want to see sometimes I'm showing a tour of my house or just talking about my day, you can find me on Instagram at kathy.heller and I answer all my um, messages there. So you can DM me if you want to share something that's going on in your life. Any like win that you've had, I'll be there to cheer for you. And once in a while, I've been sharing those on the podcast. So I got an Instagram message from Tina. She said, Kathy, you were an amazing inspiration to me. My husband and I purchased a small business just last August, and I'm certain I gained the courage to do so partly, if not fully, from your podcast. We are slowly taking risks in building our customer base with the hope of my husband going full-time with it in three years. It is a side hustle for both of us right now, but we are living, working in the moment, and loving every minute. Thanks again for who you are and your courage in keeping it real. 
Thanks, Tina. And her business is called Battle Creek Hardware. So I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners. I love highlighting your wins. And here was a win that I thought was more of a psychological win. And I thought it was great advice for everybody. So Greg Franklin, he's been a longtime listener. He started a cheesecake business called the Cheesecake Ninja. He's doing really well. Um, So he posted on Facebook. We were having a chat in our Facebook group about how to deal with rejection. So here's what Greg Franklin posted on Facebook. He said, when I first started selling my cheesecakes, I would visit a business and get weird looks. People would be like, uh, no, I'm not interested. I feel rejected and then soon realize the next place could and would more than make up for it. My favorite was a local bank loved our cheesecakes. When I added a new city, I went to another branch of that bank. They asked me to leave because they didn't allow soliciting. Weeks later, when that city was my largest market, they asked me to come to a small business lunch, forgetting that they had kicked me out. When I told my story and pointed at the lady who kicked me out, she was shocked and now she buys from me every week. I've learned I'm not being rejected. There are many factors in why you might hear no. I just thought that was so awesome, and I thought that was really helpful to all of us as we move forward in our businesses. And Eliza, um, Eliza wrote a message into the Facebook group. She said, Kathy, you're my mentor, and you didn't even know it. Your amazing show has helped shape my perspective and drive, as well as introduced me to key people that would also become virtual mentors. Um, Hello, Chris Gillibo and Jenna Kutcher. You've taught me that every project, good or bad, is actually a step in the right direction and keeping it real your episode and cheat sheet on how to start a podcast was a game changer i started my own weekly podcast thank you episode one is out there and if you ever want to be a guest on my show you're always welcome you're an inspiration rock star so check out eliza's podcast it's called craft hangout and you can give her some support let her know you heard about her on the podcast i'm so proud of eliza um and i think that's so awesome and thank you guys for giving me that feedback but i'm telling you what all of you, every single one of you has so much good stuff to share with the world. And I want to help you find your tribe. There is a group of people who you were born to serve. That is just true. That is a fact. And it is out there. And this episode will help you because if you're building something from the standpoint of of starting first with who are you there to serve, I'm telling you that is going to make things move. That is going to move mountains in your life. And that's an incredible way to shift your perspective and look at things from how do I serve? How do I take the gifts that I have and make this world better and brighter? And absolutely from that perspective, you will find your tribe and that tribe will tell their friends and their friends will tell their friends. And by having the intention to serve a small group of people, you're going to get so much further than if you try to serve everybody. I hope this was helpful. If you want to join me in this three-day challenge, it starts next Monday. You can sign up at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. You can sign up at the show notes on iTunes. I can't wait to see you guys there. Come follow me at Instagram at kathy.heller. If you like this episode, share it with somebody. If you like our podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. I love you guys. I can't wait to spend time with you guys and get to know your ideas better and to know you guys better next week in the challenge. Until then, have a great week. And I'll talk to you soon. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. I want to waste time with you. I don't care what we do. Let's just drive around and around. Find a way to some other town. We'll get lost and never go home. You'll be my shelter when it's not old. I think you're something else. I want you all to myself.
Let's sleep here in the grass. We found each other at last.